thing. You walk in, you're like, I don't know anything. You're gonna have to show me. And I'm like, do we have to punch each other? <laughs> Welcome to this episode of Voice Podcast, the podcast for students, by students. And today we have two very special guests. You will see them a lot on the Voice Podcast. They are Tiffany and Alisa, who will be my co-host as well as me. I'm co-hosting. We're going to learn more about them, what they do as students, and also what uh, are their hobbies and uh, how do they find Kingston and uh, how has their journey been before coming at LCC? And starting directly, I will let you guys introduce yourself, Alisa, uh, pretty much about you. So which program are you in? What do you want to achieve with it? Okay, so my name is Alyssa. I'm a first year student in biotech program here at SLC. Uh, what do you want to achieve? I'm not sure about that. Because, yeah, well, anything can happen in the future, right? Sure. Uh, right now, the dream is to stay in academia, to get a degree, and then maybe just stay here. Uh, or maybe I'm going to find the lab job so entertaining, so I'm going to stick yeah. with that. I don't know. Um, How about you, Tiffany? Oh, okay. uh, what's, which program are you in and what are your goals yeah, with sure. it? And what's what do you, your dream to achieve with that program? Uh, well, I'm in the second year of the uh, Bachelor's of Science in Nursing program here at SLC. Um, I, I'm not really sure either what I want to do at the end. Nursing is one of those careers that's so um, vast. The options are pretty much endless. So um, I have thought in the past that I might like to work as a nurse in corrections. Um, I might want to work in the like perioperative surgery like surgery um department i might want to teach i don't really know there's yeah. <laughs> there's just so many options um in nursing so i'm excited to kind of see what paths are out there and what i can do and i might hop from place to place to place who knows get to try everything <laughs> and by hopping from place to place do you mean like switching to kingston to other places or um, do, you, do you love staying in kingston i am a homebody my whole family lives yeah. in kingston so probably i'll end up staying in kingston for the most part um when i say hop around i mean like from service to service so i might do nursing in the hospital on the floor for a little while and then i might work in the community for a bit and um then i might teach who knows it's uh it's a big wide world out there and are you from kingston originally or yeah. you moved yeah yeah so, so i'm a born and raised kingstonian so raised. um <laughs> i don't go anywhere i'm, I'm boring <laughs> <laughs> well uh we are all boring in some ways and we are all the most interesting person in the world some it's all in the perception so and uh so being from kingston uh alisa and me like i'm pretty new to kingston alisa how long have you been in kingston almost a year Almost a year, so I'm the newest one here. <laughs> so I just arrived in April. So kind of my spots has been mostly downtown Kingston Center, Cataraqui Center, and a bit of the parks, Memorial Park, uh, Lake Ontario. That's it. And you, Tiffany, being from Kingston, what are the spots, uh, hidden gems, which you love around Kingston, which normal new students wouldn't know about? Okay. Um... That's an interesting question. For outdoor stuff, I actually love Lemoyne's Point. I don't know if you've ever been there. Lemoyne. It's sort of out, it's called Lemoyne's Point. Lemoyne's yeah. Point. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. out sort of on the west end, um, and it's 
a beautiful, like well-maintained little walking trail, but it has biking paths and it has like more challenging trails, but it's really family friendly and it's really nice and pretty out there. So if you're looking for somewhere to just walk around and go, it's really nice. Um, the KMP trail system, if you like bicycling or if you like walking and hiking, it like extends everywhere. It goes up north out of Kingston. Um, so those are some great like outdoor activities. Uh, the Memorial Center hosts all kinds of really cool events. They had the fall fair there um, a couple weeks ago. Um, so they always have so much interesting stuff going on at the Memorial Center as well. Um, the Leon Center, I think it's still called the Leon Center. Leon Center, it's still Leon Center. <laughs> they have, uh, they change the name a lot. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of concerts and things, not just mm-hmm. sports, which is really cool. I've interesting fact about me i've never been to a concert in my life like i know that i look yeah. like the kind of person who would probably end up at concerts but i've never yeah. been to one and that's one of my biggest regrets so I'm gonna have sure. to fix that soon um let me think <clears throat> i don't know a lot of the like really nice shopping is downtown like the really small sort of intimate stores are downtown which is nice so you've kind of already mentioned that and a lot of people do hang out downtown but i think there is well, stuff to be seen out west you know like downtown uh I've been mostly a pub person. Yeah. And uh, so is there any particular shop? Like, well, we're not associated with anyone. We're not promoting anyone else. So can you mention, like, free shops uh, mm. which you like so that we don't particularly... Sure. Um, so there's a game store downtown uh, called Minotaur. And Minotaur, they have, yeah. like, board games and mm-hmm. um, kind of nerdy stuff, like accessories and things. So crafty stuff so it's kind of a a Mm multi-purpose store but uh it's really cool if if games and things are what you're into um i like modern primitive for clothing and stuff they have some really interesting unique pieces of clothing there which is really cool um and a third one oh gosh i don't actually shop downtown that often um if you're looking for like coffee shops and stuff, oh, um, I love the coffee shops. The grocery yeah. basket. I used to work there. Disclaimer. Yeah. Um, but they have really good coffee and snacks. Yeah. So, uh, my favorite is Sans Cafe because obviously the owners are French, so I get to practice my French there every time I go. So I just love the home bodiness of you know like speaking French again, you know. So because I kind of miss it here in Kingston because practically nobody or very few people speak French. So it's kind of cool to go every Sunday. It, it was my ritual during the first semester. Every Sunday I would go there and go to Sans Cafe and have an amazing coffee. But uh, also this Craves Coffee, which was the first cafe I went in uh, Kingston. And I do love like uh, the spicy chai latte. Mm. It's very specific. I like it hot. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not the kind of person that would have a specific order, but this is my most specific order. Do you have a specific order of coffee, which you... Caramel latte, that's it. Caramel latte, and mm, you? What's I do one? love a caramel latte. Um, at the risk of sounding stereotypical, um, as a, like, spooky Halloween girl, yeah. I love me a pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a big fan of a traditional pumpkin spice latte. It's just lovely. And from Kingston, so what are some slangs, you know, mannerism and habits which are unique to Kingston oh people, which we should know as students? That's so interesting. I, um, I don't know if I'm the right person to answer that yeah. because I grew up around it. And so I'm just used to it. I wouldn't even really notice it. You guys probably notice more than I do if we have like weird mannerisms here in Kingston. I, I wouldn't say weird, like, mm-hmm. well, 
no, it will push a lot of dislikes button on it. But anyway, so there was a lot of stuff which I still like trying to grasp, you know, like wearing caps indoors. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Think. I think that's yeah. a yeah. that's a Canadian thing a lot of the time, yeah. like wearing hats inside. Yeah. You know, yeah. like another cowboy hat, but basically, you know, having a normal cap, like uh, why why so many people, so many guys uh, or even girls, um, I see caps indoors, you know, like for me, it's, it's not in my culture. So that's one of the reasons. I'm like, why do so many people wear that yeah. indoors? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I think it is just kind of a cultural thing here. It's yeah. like a style choice mm-hmm. to wear a hat and then mm-hmm. taking it off inside is like kind of ruins the aesthetic I think for some people but yeah. I, I think people like it too as just it's a way that you can kind of hide yourself yeah, and I don't the, know that that's the vast majority but mm-hmm. I think it happens and uh, one also like which was pretty unique when I came and I mentioned this in the first episode was uh, saying thank you to every bus transit driver after you exit the ride this was amazing to me like you know there's a human behind the service also so I think it just feels amazing, you know? Yeah, I do love that. Like I do saying love. thank you to your yeah. service workers, yeah, especially on the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody walks off and they're like, thank yeah. you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's fun. I, it's not something that I ever would have um, really noticed that we mm-hmm. do if you hadn't pointed it out, actually, because it's just something we do all the time, right? Mm-hmm. It's We're raised to do it. If you don't, you're kind of seen as rude, <laughs> which isn't great because it's it's a cultural thing. and a Holding lot of the door also. Cultures. Holding the door oh, also really? is part of a culture, apparently. Yeah, I mm-hmm. hold the door. Like, well, it's not that I will hold, I will let everyone go in. So basically, if you're behind me at the entrance, I will hold the door, then mm-hmm. it's your turn to hold the door for the yeah, next person. Yeah. That's another thing which I've noticed also. Like, people do hold the door for me. So, yeah, um, I feel very nice. You know, those are little things which form part of your day, which makes it amazing. And how about you, Alisa? What uh, are the differences which you noticed when you came to Canada and Kingston like surprise you uh well yeah first of all the thing with thank you in the bus yeah I was so surprised (laughs) um also the traffic lights for pedestrians were so confusing the flashing red uh, hand yeah wow everything red and flashing means stop don't move yeah for me and then people are still crossing the road and I was wow the first couple of days in Kingston yeah. after the quarantine I was lost <laughs> I'm not surprised that sounds really confusing I never thought about it's stuff like that really confusing it is actually now that I think about it like when I see the stop is it like flashing me that there's five seconds left or should I stop like Mitra was like here so now when I think about it it's like uh and also now uh, there are those various crossroads as well where cars, like you can walk at the same time and cars will be driving into the direction which you should cross. So I'm like, is the driver letting me cross or do I have a priority or how, mm-hmm. how does this work? And I know I have a priority because I walk. So yeah, mm-hmm. basically that's it. And how long have you been in Canada so far, Lisa? Uh, almost a year. So I came here and at the beginning of November last year. November last year? Yeah. And uh, how has your journey been so far? You've been in Kingston for the whole year or yeah. you've moved around places? Uh, no, I've pretty but... much stayed in Kingston. Yeah. And uh, so how did you feel like, you know, before coming to Canada that, hey, this is a decision which I'm going to take? And how did you feel about it when you were in that picture of your suitcase at the airport, going through the customs, coming to Canada? Uh, well... The good thing is I'm not alone. 
I'm mm. here with my parents. Okay. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, I don't remember how I felt when I mm. left my home there, because uh, I had a plan. I needed to visit my friend at another city, and then I had to meet with my parents at the airport in another mm. city. So I don't remember my feelings, but I do remember how I felt the week before that. Yeah. Because that was horrible. Because I felt like everything I know about this life, like how does it work, how everything works around me. And I just leave everything behind. And then I don't, I, I won't know no nothing, just nothing. So like it's, that's a whole new chapter. And so for you, like starting this new chapter, how has chapter one of the first year been for you? Um... That was also kind of thought because uh, first of all we had quarantine for two weeks, uh, so I didn't like walk around places, and also mm -hmm. then I was studying online, pretty much the whole year until May, so I didn't contact with any people. Uh, pretty much the majority of time I've been in Kingston, and yeah. that was hard as well. <laughs> that sounds so lonely. I'm so it was sorry. So lonely. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I can't even imagine like how that would feel. Uh, yeah, that felt bad. <laughs> Have you been able to make some connections now that yeah. things are reopened? Yeah. That's amazing. I'm so happy. I'm so happy I can, again, meet people in person. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. <laughs> like for me, this seems so like, because I came in April and things were still back to normal. And I had the chance to come in January, actually. And uh, for some personal reasons, I decided not to come, but also it was a good way to also wait for the whole uh, like online classes to finish and just come back in person for the summer. So I don't know how, like how students felt actually, you know, like how you both guys felt just studying online fully. And also for you being in, in a new country and unable to actually meet your classmates or even to meet with locals which i love to do uh for myself going out meet people and for me i thought of that feeling and i wouldn't want that so but i admire you all guys you know even like in the midst of a pandemic taking a step for your life and that's very big it's a very big achievement alisa you know for you and your family to move here uh, uh in the middle when i guess one year ago november was still like oh what's going to happen anyways yeah. with rules and that's a lot of courage a lot and you did it together as a family and that's a big clap for that as well and it's really motivating and now that things are back to normal mostly uh even if it's not uh how w do you have any places around kingston which you love uh yeah i think i have a couple. The mm. first one is Everett Point Park. It's a tiny park on on the north of city. Mm. It's like super small. It's one yeah. bench and that's it. And but it has uh, an, a lake view, mm -hmm. and it's so quiet and so peaceful and it's so pretty. Uh, sunsets, wow. So this one and also i think it's rocky little creek conservation area it's a little like it's not in the kingston mm -hmm. it's kind of like Limoine conservation yeah area. i think it's that one is a little bit north too yeah. isn't it yeah 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 it, it is um yeah it's it's super pretty it was i think the first place we actually 
visited while when we moved to Canada, mm-hmm. when we moved to Kingston, we were like, yeah. okay, where where are we going? Let's yeah. go to see some nature. <laughs> and it was nice. Uh, you can feed birds there. It's all seems cool. I'm I'm transitioning more like to a more chill kind of lifestyle and I can I can relate to you to what you're saying, you know, just having a bench, watching the lake. It's so peaceful for me. Like uh, I go to McDonald Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's closer to downtown. So there's that bench where you can sit. And I was working on my assignments there, but I could see the water spot, seeing people happy, ski, uh, like, uh, uh, you know, like water skiing, the thing, you know, like, uh, and it was just lovely, you know, seeing the lake, the, the birds flying in hers all around. It's just, it's a very light breeze also compared to Lake Ontario Park where the breeze is kind of strong. Uh, this one has a very gentle breeze, just enough. You know. It's still like, are you being in Canada now, Alisa, is there something which you miss from home that you would love to bring? Mm, maybe like the structure of a city. Uh, mm-hmm. I used to live in more European-like yeah. cities where you can actually go to big mall and it's maybe in might be in downtown or like closer to living area. Not you have to go to this like. Now I live close to Guide Rocket Center. That's yeah. nice. But before that, I was living closer to downtown, so I had to take a bus, and this is also one of the points. So you have to either take a bus or have a car. And it's also not super convenient because I was used to just walk a lot. And here, it's not as easy it is. as it can be. Yeah, like uh, I drink summer again. It's very different. I walked for like from the cinema complex uh, in the north, like which is north downtown, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't know the area. It's uh, and I walked till home. It was like one hour, 15 minutes back home. But again, it's I, it, when you're with friends, it's fine. But one hour doesn't look like one hour. But if you are alone and walking, yeah, it can be pretty much yeah. daunting. And and I want to know a little bit more about you as a person. Like, what do you love to do? What's your personal hobbies? And Tiffany, I guess you're a person of many hobbies. Like when I met you, you, yeah. you do so many things. I'm like. Everybody has 24 hours in a day, but how do you do that? Um, so, uh, the list of... <laughs> um, so, yeah, I do have a lot of hobbies. I like mm. to try lots of new different things, and then I tend to love everything mm. that I try, so then I have way too many things to do. Um, so I do uh, Muay Thai, which is a style of kickboxing. I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is similar to, like, wrestling. Um, I am in a medieval reenactor society. I... Um, used to sing in a choir and then unfortunately the pandemic kind of like shut that down, which is a little unfortunate. Um, I also just love doing stuff like that. Like I'm part of the podcast. I'm, I'm one of, I'm the vice president of the nursing student society here at St. Lawrence. Um, yeah, I just, I have a lot of hobbies. I have a lot of like smaller hobbies within yeah. the other hobbies as well. Yeah. Like if you got me started on, on the SCA, which is the medieval reenactors thing, it, it just, yeah. I have like 10,000 hobbies within that one hobby. So, um, I just love trying new things. I like new experiences. Um, and yeah, I, um, trying to think of other things that I like to do. I mean, I like to hike as well. It's a little harder these days to get out anywhere nice to hike. Um, but I do like doing that. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's pretty much that. <laughs> and uh, it's coming more to hiking now. I have a question, which is like, how are the seasons of hiking? Can you still hike in winter? Or are there differences between seven? Um, some of the parks are open for wintertime hiking, but yeah. most of them are not because it's really difficult to maintain yeah. any of the hiking trails when there's yeah. snow and mud and slush and it's cold. Yeah. And so usually the hiking season for the majority of the parks in Ontario closes like Thanksgiving, so mid-October, just because then it gets too cold and wet and dangerous at that point. Mm -hmm. But there are a few ones where you can go and do winter camping and you can do winter hiking on the trails. And and now speaking like of Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like... How how did it all started for you? Um, Okay, so um, about a year ago, I guess it was August of last year, um, my husband and I decided that we needed to do something together to get a little bit more physically active. We Mm -hmm. had spent a lot of time inside, unfortunately, with the pandemic. You just couldn't really go anywhere or do anything. We didn't really have any physical activities that we enjoyed doing. And I don't like like running on a treadmill. You know, I find that really boring. I have to be engaged with whatever I'm going to be doing as physical activity. So I looked around online and thought, like, what kind of activities can I do that I might enjoy? Um, and found the Grizzly Gym, which is where I Grizzly go, gym. and they offer Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, I'm going to try this Muay Thai. That sounds really cool." Like I've always wanted to try kickboxing, and at first it was so hard. It kicked yeah. my butt so hard, but I stuck yeah. with it, and I love it. Um, it makes me feel strong and like yeah. totally badass, and yeah. <laughs> um, I love that. Um, and then. I would say it was about January where I decided to try jujitsu as well. I was always a little intimidated by jujitsu. You're in very, very close proximity yeah. with other human beings at that point. Like I can punch you from a couple feet away, but yeah. jujitsu is not that way. <laughs> um, but it turns out I really love that. It's, I don't know. Do you guys play chess? Uh, I Last time I played was like 10 years ago, maybe. So. We, we joke and we call Brazilian jujitsu like chess with people because you're basically having to think about what you're going to do mm-hmm. in response to the other person's moves at all times. Um, it's also, we call it murder yoga or folding clothes while the <laughs> people are still inside. Yeah. Um, so there's some pretty funny um, jokes that we make about Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but um, yeah, I love it. It's, it's really interesting. Um, it's a, it's a, a physical exercise, but it's also a thought exercise. And I like that about it. And, and where's the Grizzly gym actually? So if students are interested to go, like how do they do like, only those two martial arts or they do other um so right now they only do brazilian jiu-jitsu and muay thai it's up in the west end um Mm. just sort of in catwoods um which is do you know where walmart is yeah Yeah, it's sort of in the neighborhood of walmart there for Mm. anybody that's not super familiar when i say catwoods um so yeah they're out in that and there are other studios around i know there's one actually here really close to the school that does um jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai and it's um, Triskel. It's on King Street in Portsmouth Village. Um, So there are a few different places you can go depending on where you live, but um, they're both really good, like physical activity. You will sweat in the hour that you're there. You will die, Um, but it's great. I love it. It's it's a form, well, any form which gets your heart rate beating is a form of cardio, but I love the intensity and the impact, the endurance that comes with it of practicing a sports. That's what's lovely about it. You know, you, we are with other people as well. So there's this feeling of, you know, competition as well, which is a bit like, you know, I don't know how was the first session for you and your husband, you know, how was you like, oh, we're actually going to do this? How was it the first session? 
Um, it was pretty anxiety inducing. You walk in, you're like, I don't know anything. You're going to have to show me. And I'm like, do we have to punch each other? <laughs> um, but it's, it's not mandatory that you fight against other people. Yeah. It's really interesting because it's competitive, but it's also a big team sport, mm. I guess. Um, cause when you do drills, one person holds pads and the other person actually like kicks and punches and so you're very much relying on another person mm -hmm. to be where you need them to be yeah. at the time you need them to be there um so i mean after the first class we were both completely wiped out we were like oh god i'm so tired um but it was so rewarding to know that you had finished something yeah. that it, high intensity um i was probably laid out for like a week after that though like Ooh. i was so sore <laughs> for like a week after that but i went back i went yeah. back and i yeah. still go back so that's the that's the key i guess make sure it's something that you love and and what were the particular spots like i guess like completing that first session was really a trigger for you to keep on continuing and what keeps you going even till now hmm. um so i mean it's it's really good physical activity but it's kind of my mental quiet time i know mm. that you both said that you like to go somewhere quiet and yeah. and sit yeah. and watch the water yeah. um i think if i was alone with my own thoughts for that long it would be terrible <laughs> for everyone yeah. i can't i can't just sit in the quiet for very long that's not really how i relax so mm -hmm. i like that i can go to muay thai and empty my mind of anything except what i'm doing right now um so it kind of provides me like a mental break from my very busy life and all the things that I'm always thinking about. I just love a feeling that my whole body is being pushed to a, to another level. Uh, it's just like, oh my God, am I able to do it? And when you do it, it's like a really satisfying, but also when you can't achieve it, it drags you a bit to reality. Oh, next time I'm going to do better. I'm going to reach uh, eight reps. Maybe if I did only four, so. And also to have the patience, you know, to reach that level. For example, when I started, I started still speaking kilos. It's like 30, 30, like 80 kilos on the squats. Now I'm probably, I'm, I'm 150 uh, kilos on the squats. Wow. So like it took years basically. And the first few months when I started working out was like, it was amazing to get that feeling. But then the little progress which you make with two kilos, one kilos you add, it's just satisfying to know that your strength is growing and learning patience, learning to be, to waiting for things to happen has been really good thing about working out for me and having music. Like I love having music in my mm -hmm. ears. I sometimes like dance to the tunes <laughs> in the gym. I sing to the lyrics. I don't sing loud, but like yeah. that. So I just go like this and it's just fun. I just love the, the rush which you get in your body when working out. And what, what else do you have as uh, hobbies? I heard like, you know, like plants hate you, but you still have a garden. Yeah. Well, yeah, I have like a vegetable garden. <laughs> um, and I think it went pretty well actually for somebody who usually kills plants. Yeah. Um, I'm not much of a plant person. I love plants. I love the way they look. Mm -hmm. uh, they hate me. So that's kind of the problem. Um, I do have two indoor house plants right now. Mm -hmm. um, one of them is a poinsettia that I received as a gift from yeah. somebody. Um, and then unfortunately that person passed away shortly thereafter. And so I've been Sorry. like literally giving all that I have to keep this poinsettia alive. And it's only like this big, but it's doing really well. I named him Charlie because <laughs> when I got him, he looked like the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. I don't know if you've ever seen no. um, peanuts, um, but 
it's he had like just the central stalk and then like four sad looking little leaves and it was really cute so i called him the charlie brown christmas tree um uh, and then i have a um silver inch plant so it's kind of like burgundy on the back of the leaves and then the front of the leaves are green and silver oh, okay have you ever seen yeah. that then it's like hanging and i i feel like it's going really well for somebody who's bad yeah. with plants but <laughs> It is like that's so many hobbies, and we could talk about whole hour about what you do yeah. at Tiffany. But uh, like Alisa, I think is someone like I sense is someone who is pretty intense into books because on the previous podcast I didn't listen to like uh, this question with Jaden. No, I didn't watch a document, but I read a book and I was like, oh, so this is a book person for not watching but reading. So I can feel that you're a book person. Tell us about your fascination for books, Alisa. Oh. That's an interesting question. Um, I think I really love 1984. I love this book. Uh, I think I've read it like three times. <laughs> what is it all about? Like, uh, is... It's an anti-utopia. I'm not sure if it's a word in English. Utopia? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah I... Like anti-utopia. Yeah. What's an anti-utopia? Now I'm getting into more questions. <laughs> Because I don't know. If you so, guys know, thumbs up, press a like if you know what anti-utopia is. Uh, so. Uh, so it's basically a book. Uh, it's like the worst possible scenario for a society. Wow. Uh, and it was all about uh, dictatorship, about the government that's, that's watching you, like every step you're making and actually they're like, watching your thoughts somehow. oh so it's, it's anti-authority like yeah probably yeah, okay yeah, yeah it cool. probably is uh and there's so yeah I, I think that's the main plot of mm -hmm. the book and there's also kind of a love story yeah <laughs> but it's it's not the, like the, it's not the main point of the mm -hmm. book so, so yeah but... so what what fascinates you what is it in that book that uh, makes you read it three times like it's so kind of psychological i mm. love the that this book makes me actually think about things it's not like i just i just forget about everything and i'm just reading and i'm in this new whole world and this book actually mm. makes me think about it and that's nice and uh like for me and tiffany what uh, would you say what could we learn from reading uh, this particular book if we were to read it tomorrow and what mm. would you say that we should learn from it? I'm not sure what you should learn from it, but I think it will, it will learn, you will learn how to kind of pay more attention on some details of the life around you. And sometimes yeah. it's, yeah. Well, what details? I don't know. It's just just small details. Yeah. For example, this podcast. Maybe we know what you want to watch, and I just produce what you want to watch. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe I'm a spy, actually. Oh my god. Nobody gosh. knows where I come from. Stop spilling all of our secrets, oh, yeah. Sean. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the camera in a creepy <laughs> without my eyes blinking, and pretty much. And is there like a book, like uh, other books, which you are into? Which one are you reading right now? I'm reading My Policeman right now. My Policeman. Yeah. Uh, there's a film coming up in 
in the end of October mm-hmm. by this book. So that's why I decided to read it now. So like before, before the, yeah. watching the film. And do you usually like, how do you find books which you read and you found their movies? Are they very good or the movies are pretty bad? Not reflecting. Mm, that's, well, it depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think last time I've read a book um, and then I watched the film. Well, actually, I first watched the film and then I read the book. It was yeah. Dune last fall, I think. Mm-hmm. Excellent choice. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I love the movie and I love the book, but they're kind of different. Yeah. So are you usually the kind of person that like watches the movie first and then I've, reads the book or the other I way? I usually read a book first. Yeah. What about you, Sean? Uh, I've stopped reading books since my course started. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I'm I'm completely submerged by my new passion. I'm someone who's very intense when I start something. So and I be, when I start something, I want to be very good at it. So it means sacrificing some stuff which you do. Like uh, so, I stop reading at night because I'm completing assignments. So I kept the working out. I left the book out. So yeah, there's only so many hours in the day, but you still have to make sure you do things. But for yourself, those books so. which I have on the shelf right now, which I want to read in, uh, is like the Rational Optimist. Uh, it's a book which I found at Value Village two weeks ago, and there's also Deep Work, which was recommended by my program coordinator. Uh, it Deep Work is mostly like we are in such a fast-paced society where our brain is formi- formatted by the anti-utopia to think faster. So, and, uh, so attention span is seven seconds, mostly, nowadays. And uh, deep works makes you focus on what you're doing. So basically, I'm very chaotic. I work on assignments for 15 minutes. Then I move on to my personal goals. 15, then I get creative about something. I think about it for 30 minutes. The all possible outcomes in my head. How is it going to pan out? Oh, but how... Then if something triggers me in an assignment, oh, but what is uh, sh- shampoo soap, for example? So we had an assignment about market research about it. I actually went for two hours looking how shampoo soap are made, how it's done, what's the history behind it, who started I didn't have to do all that, but I get so intrigued that my creativity, my curiosity drags me somewhere else. So deep work is about you focusing really on the purpose of a task or also how to focus on a particular hobby, sticking to it as well. So those are the two books which I have on the shelves waiting for me to eat them alive. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but uh, that's mostly, you can sense my kind of books. It's very much into becoming a better human every day, a better person. So I love self-development books, but they can be pretty much, if you go too intense into them, you kind of get that sense of always wanting to improve and not satisfied of who you are. So I always say uh, to consume self-development books with moderation because people get so much, oh, but I want to become better. And it becomes an addiction, you know, like it's good that you want to become better, but also enjoy the present moment of who mm-hmm. you are also. And that's my well, the two books which I have on the shelf right now. How about you, Tiffany? I'm a I'm a fantasy reader. I I mean I don't have that much time to like read mm. right now, but I do mm. love fantasy books. I've, I've read all the Lord of the Rings, and you know I've read lots of different uh, fantasy books. I do like um, sort of historical fiction as well. Like a, a Boy in the Striped Pajamas is a a favorite of mine, and um, 
Slaughterhouse-Five is like a book we had to read in high school and everybody was like, this is boring. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever read. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm big into that kind of stuff as well. Um, I do occasionally read self-development books, mostly yeah. just to like I think keep also- myself in line, like in tune, I guess, with mm-hmm. who I am. So um, I do read a few of those, but they're not my main like uh, the self-development books are mostly, you need to check the author also what their background because sometimes they try to push an agenda which they have mm-hmm. as well you know mm-hmm. and books are such good ways to format the brain of people anti-utopia and uh, so because some people are very influential in their to their dialogue into their writing skills that you, you oh this is the truth which I'm going to believe in and this is something which can be very daunting for people who are like I'm someone who uses like common sense a lot, but hey, do I feel like I'm getting into that or not? But yeah, anyways, coming to books, uh, Alisa, how many books have you read till now? I don't know. I remember that last year I've read like 52 books, something. 52? Yeah. It's one each week. Pretty much. How do you do that? How can you Uh, read? I had a long flight to canada okay yeah. i was flying here for more than nine hours yeah. like in, co- in in total mm-hmm. so yeah i had a lot of time to read <laughs> so, and right. i also had a quarantine for two weeks i i had a lot of time to read and uh, so how do you like uh and now with your course and also volunteering for a podcast uh what's your pace of reading so is it still like at a book every week or is no, no? I'm reading way slower now, yeah. mostly because it's, it's for some reason, it's harder to concentrate now. I get distracted by everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to avoid it. I'm trying to yeah. uh, make a habit again to read at least like 20, 30 minutes per day. That's, that's a bare minimum. Um, but it's hard. It's hard. Well, I guess Deep Work is a good book for you, if I can recommend. I this think one. so. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty much a slow reader. So what advice can you give me to read more? How to get into really like, because I believe it's an excuse not having time. How would you say like, hey, Sean, you can read faster by doing this and that? Or what tips would you give to people who want to read books? I have wanted. It's mm-hmm. just to make it a habit. To read like 15 mm-hmm. minutes per day you definitely have 15 minutes i definitely have 15 minutes i'm pretty sure everybody has 15 minutes yeah. uh, and you can spend this 15 minutes in reading and just just every day and it's gonna build a habit yes ma'am i will <laughs> uh, so now moving on to what uh, you guys a bit of a background of your what you've done in the past when you were it was amazing. Like when you told me you went from journalism to nursing, it's well. So it doesn't seem like for me, I'm switching from hospitality, basically uh, luxury resort hotels to digital marketing. So it's basically like, you know, it, they can be assimilated to the, together in some ways. So, but for you, journalism to nursing. So why the change? Oh, that's a, that's a big story, but hopefully you guys will like to hear it. Um, so when I left high school, and went to college, I felt like I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I was good at photography and I enjoyed it. And so I kind of applied for programs that were adjacent to photography or like fine arts photography. I didn't get into my first choice school, which was Sheridan College in Toronto. Um, So I got into the photojournalism program at Loyalist College in Belleville. Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, okay, this is fine. I uh, will go and do this program. It'll be great. And um, I completed the program and worked in journalism for about six months and realized that I really didn't like it. I yeah. People are kind of mean <laughs> to journalists and it just wasn't engaging my passion anymore. And I felt like it was turning something that I loved into something that was too much like work. Um, and I really didn't like that. So I kind of quit journalism. I did it freelance for a little while, kind of on the side, um, started getting into more, um, like different photography jobs that were less about journalism. Like I worked for a school portrait company for a little while. I worked at the Sears portrait studio before Sears closed. I don't even know if you know what Sears is. It's like a department no. store. It doesn't even exist anymore. So don't worry. <laughs> um, and then I, I kind of slowly transitioned into doing unrelated jobs and mm. I ended up getting a job at a family doctor's office and I worked there for about six years and the longer I worked there and the more I learned about the medical field the more mm. I was like oh this is where I want to go like this is where I'm meant to be but I just got to the point where I felt like I couldn't do as much to help other people in my current position as I wanted to do so I was like I gotta figure out where I want to go from here um, but I knew that healthcare was where I wanted to be at um, so I decided that I want to go back to school for nursing. My mom is an RPN, which is a registered practical nurse. And, um, so I thought about all the different options that I, I could go. Could I, like, I, I even considered medical school briefly, yeah. but I'm like, God, I'm way too old to start medical school. We're not doing that. Um, <laughs> so I decided to go to school for nursing and I'm really glad that I made that choice. I've, I've really been enjoying it. It's really sparking my passion and my desire to help other people. So it's been a really interesting journey, but that's how I went from being a journalist to being a nursing student. And what were the signs that really like, oh, like, I guess you were like in a questioning phase, you know, trying really because you say like, you don't want work to feel like work to be more something you love. And during that uh, questioning phase and multiple jobs you were doing, what uh, to you was like, oh, nursing is the one I like the most. What were the signs which were yeah. Like, so like I said, I worked at a family medicine office. Mm -hmm. I was a clinical assistant. So I worked as a secretary, but I did some other like jobs on top of it. And I would find myself going home at night and wanting to look up like, oh, I, I heard about this really cool disease today. Uh, and oh. like I would go home and look it up or like I'd be in the middle of the day memorizing the different names of a medication, like generic and trade wow. names of medications. And over time I started to become a lot more familiar with it. Mm -hmm. And then I started listening to what the nurses at work were talking about and like how they were approaching their patients and how they were having these conversations. I'm like, Hmm, that's really interesting. Um, so I think that when I, I realized that I had an interest in everything that was going on at work outside of work, I was starting to like go home and look things up. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is great. And I've always had a passion for helping other people. I'm a compassionate person. I really enjoy yeah. the, the satisfaction that I get from helping other mm -hmm. people. And so when I was able to sort of help people within the capacity of my job, mm -hmm. um, it would make me feel really good. You know, I'm so glad that I got a chance to help that person. And I was like, what else can I do to help people? Um, and that's, those were kind of the signs that spurred me to say, like, I need to be thinking about where I go from here. 
and we can really sense that you know like you're someone who's very outgoing and going to help people like when i ask you you know for a medieval society like even like hey you can join everything i really appreciate that this is something which i really love about canada mostly people will get you into enjoying something and we can really sense that particularly from you as well even for coming on the podcast as well which will come later in like you've been here like it's your third season ongoing also And uh, coming to you, Alisa, so pretty much contrasting, uh, I guess you work on a cruise ship. I did. Uh, right? And it was your, was it your first ever job? In Canada, did? yeah. Yeah. So uh, what did you do particularly in that job on a cruise ship? Um, so my position was named stewardess, mm-hmm. but it was mostly we were serving food and mm-hmm. then we were housekeeping, doing housekeeping of the rooms and then mm-hmm. doing housekeeping of pretty much the whole ship yeah. and that was it but how was it like an experience of a cruise ship like it was one of my particular goals one day uh being in a hospitality background in luxury to work on cruise ships so how did you find that experience working on sea how is it different well it's not sea it was on yeah. st lawrence seaway so oh, okay. it's yeah. like lakes and st lawrence river In Kingston. Oh yeah, well, yeah, I'm like sorry yeah. about that. Like, <laughs> how is it is is to be on a water body? It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I will enjoy it so much because yeah. uh, where I lived and where I grew up, we didn't have any lakes. We had one small, small river, and that's it. I didn't see a lot of water. <laughs> and now I was working on a cruise ship. I was. A Like in the middle of the lake, pretty much for like a week, and then I was a week at home, and that was so different. It was something extremely new for me, and it was it was nice. It was so pretty. And how was it for you? Like again, like on the first day you started working here in Canada in a new country, how was it for you? Ah, uh, that was. So scary <laughs> because uh, I'm here with my family mm-hmm. and I was speaking my native language at home mm-hmm. and I was studying online. So I was, well, I was speaking English like four hours per day and mm-hmm. that's it. And then uh, I think my first shift was seven nights. So for seven mm-hmm. nights, I had to speak only English uh, with people from all over the Canada and from US and from uh, UK. So all of those different accents. And yeah. that was, that was so scary. It must've been really challenging. It was. Even as a native English speaker, sometimes other people's accents are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I know we're speaking the same language, but what? <laughs> One of the uh, accents which is most difficult for me is the Irish accent and Scottish one because it's all so tied up, you know, like the, like so quick. Like sometimes I need to really focus on, on what the person is saying and it's so hard to understand. But I cannot and I cannot distinguish between Canadian and American accent. Like for me, it's like it's almost the same. So I really need to. Ah, no, no, no. Yeah, you don't like, you don't... That, no, there's not that much of a difference. Mm-hmm. Like, 
northeastern United States yeah. to Canada, there's not, I wouldn't say there's a huge accent difference. Like if you get somebody from Texas, for sure, that's, you're going to notice. Yeah. Um, but I don't think yeah. there's that much of a difference, <laughs> right. honestly. So I, yeah, I think you're doing really well. <laughs> and, and for you, Alisa, speaking back to languages, so was it for you like an enriching experience? It improved your English, would you say? Yeah, like, yeah. for sure. It was funny uh, because people, uh, a lot of people, I think, Every every shift, at least one person asked me if I was from Quebec, because <laughs> I was wearing a mask yeah. all the time, and for some reason people assumed that my accent is actually French Canadian accent. Yeah. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> no. So any good moments which you remember from the career ship job? I can choose one particular mm -hmm. uh but it was so much fun we had such a good crew uh we were all kind of friends we mm -hmm. if we finished earlier if we had like a early evening shift then we could go out somewhere mm -hmm. and it was nice because you're also living with those people because you're living on a yeah. ship you're living with them so you spend 24 hours with them like six days in a row and that was that was nice we're hanging out in the kitchen doing service that was nice and uh, so like so you were living actually on on a boat yeah yeah and how was it for you like to balance with studies is it something like even it's online how did you do were you studying uh no i wasn't studying anymore. You were, so, yeah maybe. so i was yeah. working in full time it was mm -hmm. a co-op term for me Okay, all right, that's cool. And speaking of friends, would you say, like, uh, do you find this at SLC, you know, meeting people, is it easy, again, like, for you to... Uh, it's not as easy as yeah. it would be if I was in my home country, but yeah. it's definitely easier now, because mm -hmm. at first, when I just started working, it was so hard to just mm -hmm. start talking to people in English. It felt yeah. weird. And now, it's fine. It's almost the same as I would do with in my native language. Mm -hmm. And uh, speaking of friends, like uh, Tiffany, I guess you made a lot of friends in a very unique uh, context. So you know, I'm moving on with this. The medieval reenacting society. Yeah, I need to learn more. Okay. Yeah, I kind of mentioned it. Uh, a little bit before, a little yeah. bit in passing, um, but it's called the Society for Creative Anachronism, or the SCA, mm. to make it a little bit easier. Um, it all started when I was visiting my friend out in the East Coast a few years ago. She's my best friend, and uh, she was in the SCA, and she said, hey, I have this like event this weekend. Any interest in, in coming with me? And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That sounds kind of cool. Let's let's go. So it was like an overnight camping event that was held at like a Boy Scout lodge. Yeah. Um, but there's like heavy armored combat. There's fencing. There's archery. There's singing and dancing by the fire. There's like all these cool medieval costumes. And I was like, this is the greatest thing yeah. I've ever been to. Like, holy cow. Um, so as soon as I got home from my vacation, I like looked up my local group, sent off an email. I was like, I have to join. I have to join yeah. you. Um, so yeah, I've been um, doing the SEA, I guess, for probably five years now. I've been in the SEA. So it's been a while. I mean, we did have a, a gap there with COVID. Couldn't really yeah. do a whole lot. We did meet online sometimes and we did some online events, but uh, it's not 
the same as being able to meet each other in person. Um, but yeah, I like make my own costumes. So that's really helped me develop my like sewing and, and oh, wow. outfit making skills. So yeah. I do that. Um, I do heavy armored combat. Um, I do archery sometimes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so it's, it's really great. And I've made so many friends, which is really cool to me too, that I have this new whole separate friend group with like one interest um that we all have in common but they're all so different from each other you know we have this like one mm. thread that connects us all but they're all very unique people with like different lives and um that's really cool to me and i love finding out more about what they do outside of outside of their life like outside of the sea i guess um but yeah i've learned lots of new crafts and things and i've learned um i've learned a lot about myself i guess too being in the sea Yeah. What what did you so just into context? What SCA stands for? Yeah, so the Society for Creative Anachronism. Creative Anachronism yeah. is like um, recreating historical events, but allowing for creative uh, license, I guess. So um, people are at kind of different levels with how they do their recreation. There are people mm -hmm. that are very like this has to be historically accurate. I will do all the research, like yeah. everything down to the the minutia of, mm -hmm. of this has to be perfect. And then there are lots of us that are a little more casual that are like, this looks vaguely medieval. It's fine. Yeah. It's, it's fine. <laughs> as long as it looks sort of like I'm trying. Um, so it's, it's kind of nice to be able to have that sliding scale of how serious you are about it. Mm -hmm. Some people think it's, like a, a very serious thing and then some people treat it more like a yeah, a fun, fun hobby that they have and that's perfectly acceptable there which is really great so and is there a sort of commitment when you join the sea or is it no. like um it's pretty it's pretty low commitment actually yeah. i would say so you can you yeah. can get a paid membership which shaves you a little bit of money at the door for events mm. and like gets you some additional perks and things but you can just choose to pay at the door yeah. with a non-member fee. Like every time you go, you just sign the safety waiver and give them mon your money and walk on in. So there's really no commitment at all if you don't mm -hmm. want there to be. Yeah. Um, there are positions that you can take that are sort of like officer positions, a yeah. little more administrative, a little more commitment, but that's completely optional and totally up to you. Like I'm the, the Chatelaine for our like local Kingston area group, which is basically the newcomers greeter. Like yeah. I'm basically the doorman for, for the group. So that's kind of cool. And then I run, <laughs> I run the newspaper for the greater Ontario okay. area. Um, because, you know, I have experience doing Ingenizing, that. So like the, yeah. the newsletter, um, for our barony, it's my responsibility as well. So that's kind of, kind of fun. Um, but you don't have to, yeah. if you just want to go once, that's totally cool. So come out if you think it's something yeah, that I'm, you are cool I'm, with. I will go, I will go to the next one because you said there's one in Ottawa yeah. and, uh, I, I would love to go to that yeah. as well. I don't know. Alisa, would you love to go to those yeah. kind of events? Yeah, Is that something you'd want to yeah. try? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like roping people in. I love it. Um, just come join all my hobbies. <laughs> yeah, so that's cool. We can talk about that later. And so do we have all to dress or we can go like this into it? Or is it like... Um, so for your first event, the only rule is that you have to make a reasonable attempt. So a lot of people wear like khakis and then borrow clothes from somebody else to put over top. Like mm -hmm. my, I brought my dad one time and uh, he just wore like green khaki shirt uh, uh, like pants and then i made him a shirt to throw on over top it took me like 
25 minutes. It was really fast. But we also, because we have lots of members of different varying sizes Mm -hmm. and skill levels, Mm -hmm. we have what we call gold key, which is like outfits none of us wear anymore that we can just lend to people. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes, you have to make a reasonable attempt, but if you can connect with anybody... We can find you something to wear. You don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah, I will even try to speak in medieval English. <laughs> Not a requirement. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I just want to experience. I, I never seen this in my life. Like when I went to do some research, I said, wow, this is just amazing. You know, like seeing people fully into their costumes mm-hmm. and during what and when so many people are into it. It just feels semblance of reality and to just travel. I love ancient civilizations. Like also, and it for me I just would love to to feel that experience. Try archery, armor fighting, you know, like pretending to be and I it, it just things which I want to experience. I love when people have costumes. This is the thing which I look forward to so much when coming to Canada and USA as well. Like when I was there it was Halloween, uh the Comic Cons, the cosplays as yes. well. It's it's starting to build up in my country, but it's a very small level. So, but uh, here it's like such part of the culture. So I, I really look forward to that. And speaking of costumes, we do have a Halloween event coming up, which is Haunted House on October 20th at VSA. So, hey, join us. It will be on the first day at night. So it will be amazing. We will have spooky stuff coming up. It's going to be nasty. We love and spooky really, season. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now moving on to like uh uh is there a specific uh stuff you love about medieval era which uh attracts you to that particular part timeline of humanity yeah so i i mean i love the clothes the mm-hmm. clothes were big um like attracting factor to me i just think those mm-hmm. like fancy outfits are really like super cool but i also love the like chivalry and the court experience and the like you know you've got your king and your queen and the the whole experience is so cool um so that was kind of the stuff that attracted me to it at first and then every time i go there's just something new and fun and um i never get bored i never get bored there so i love that about it but there's and lots of things <laughs> and now uh my question is what would your pictures to be if alisa was to be into the medieval era mm-hmm. what would she be and if i was into the medieval era what would i be that's really that's a great question so um the sca runs anywhere from like the sixth century to the 16th century so there's an entire thousand years there that you mm-hmm. can pick from and you can pick from anywhere in the world mm-hmm. that would have reasonably existed at the time that you've chosen um so i see that like in my mind, Alyssa would be like a late period. So like fifth, like 1400s, 1500s, mm-hmm. very like Venetian. Like I could see you in the big, like puffy sleeved gowns with the like, I, I can see that on you. And I think you would rock that. Um, and then I kind of have like two looks for you. Uh, one is like Viking. I could see you rocking like a Viking look. Like yeah. that would be really, really cool. Um, but I could also see you just being like an English courtier in like the 12th century. I could I could just picture it like the buttons and the like pantaloons I could see that happening. Yeah, well, I've got idea, <laughs> ideas. Ideas we'll, now. We will definitely figure it out throughout the <laughs> month how we're going to dress up for that event. I want to fully fully put myself into that. That's what I'm looking forward. Alisa has been to I think one of the best concerts of <laughs> this uh, starting decade, which is the Harry Styles concert yes. in terms of speak to us just describe the emotions 
Every everything. I want to know everything. <laughs> it was wow. It was something. Yeah. It, it was so amazing. Uh first of all, that was the first time I I've attended something in arena. It was Scotiabank Arena, and I've never been in an arena before. And I was kind of far away from a scene, so I could see the whole arena from top. from the top. And there were so many people and I could see everyone. And then when the lights mm -hmm. went down and it's everything's like kind of dark. And then you could see the yellow lights from the hallways, mm -hmm. from the entrances and like the flashlights from the phones. It was, it's, it's just, I, I don't know how to describe it. I just yeah. have this picture like in front yeah. of me, kind of, it was so beautiful. And also, the feeling that you're dancing with a couple of thousands of people and you're all singing the same songs and it's I don't know how to I describe know. it. It's just it's just it's just I don't know. I don't know. I can't wait. I can't wait for my first concert, guys. I have to go to one now. I just want to feel like that. <laughs> it's really like, you know, like, I guess, you know, like, do really that feeling like when I guess, you know, there's a moment of time where the artist, you see him in person, actually into it. Yeah. How was it that you finally see him stepping? I, uh, I didn't realize he's actually on stage right now. I was, I was recording myself. Like yeah. I wanted to see his emotions. Yeah. And when I rewatching the video when yeah. i was rewatching the yeah. video i was like wow i didn't even realize he's actually on stage because i i've heard him started singing and i'm like oh nice so something something's going on and then yeah. i saw him and i went wow yeah. so he's actually there yeah. nice <laughs> i'm actually in the same room with hairstyles yeah. wow and this is what's amazing about concerts i believe when you love a voice you love a person now of a person you admire like even you never met a person like just to be in that presence yeah. just like and thrilled you in some way and uh it's again like that feeling again of having people you're surrounded with singing singing as it was i don't know together and since you spoke to me about I listen to As It Was every day. I don't know. Like, I basically listen to it on the radio because it plays mm -hmm. everywhere. But I, I love that song, actually. Like, I never... I love the night vibe of that song. If I were, I love driving back home at night. And this suits so well at midnight, driving in a car. All of, I love it. It's a song which I cannot stop listening now. It's it's thanks to Alisa. So, like, <laughs> when she told me about the Harry Styles concert, I said... Okay, let me go and listen a bit of Harry Style. I love Watermelon Sugar High as well. So, yeah, uh, that's one of my tracks I love also. But as it was, really pieces me out at night when yeah. I do assignments. I just listen to it. And that's amazing. I'm glad that you get such an experience of seeing such a mega star. He is yeah. uh, number two on Spotify streaming. I verified I last so, night. Yeah. He's number two and... That's just great. And number two, number four, somewhere around in the top 10, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And amazing. And now speaking more about uh, more of a podcast, like for you, Tiffany, it's your third season. You, you're a veteran of a podcast, basically. I'm just at my fifth episode now of recording and Alisa is just at the second, third episode yeah, now. Third episode. So 
How has it been for you all those years being on the podcast, all the seasons? What um, keeps you coming? Well, being on the podcast has been really, it's been a great experience. I've met mm -hmm. lots of really cool people that mm -hmm. maybe I wouldn't have interacted with because they're kind of out of my sphere of like things that I do. Mm -hmm. um, but I've gotten like a chance to talk to Glenn uh, Volbrecht, who's yeah really cool he's a yeah. really cool guy um like i've gotten to meet all these cool new people meet all the other hosts and just like talk about things that interest me mm -hmm. find out more about things i've never really heard about um it's been a it's been a really unique experience for me because the last two years of the podcast have been like online pretty much mm -hmm. exclusively uh, this is the first time i've ever done an in-person podcast and yeah. i've worked here for three seasons like this first is episode really ever, cool that we yeah. finally get to be in the same room and do yeah. it this way. This has been really different and interesting. And uh, I just love that, like, we can give students a place to get information. We can, mm -hmm. like, give students the opportunity to learn about things that they may not have known about before, just like yeah. we get that opportunity. Um, and just sharing, like, passion and creativity and yeah. thought. And I think that's a really cool experience. As as an extrovert person, I just love his job. Like I just love talking. Yeah, I Sometimes, also just love talking. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, if you yeah, noticed. Uh, Isa is more of our balance, uh, yin and yang. Sure, she's the quiet type, but she's so good at finding amazing questions and all. And she she really puts the emotion into like you know like hey how to know this and that. It's really triggers me like the sustainability episode it was amazing because i don't know much but alisa has a deep passion for it so i just received blasts of questions i was like wow <laughs> so amazing episode is covered <laughs> so, and uh how what is an, an episode which is special to you to this day oh like an episode we've had before um i think it was season one mm -hmm. I did an episode with one of the other co-hosts that was a music episode and we talked about like the kinds of music that we like and different songs that are our favorite and the genres that we like. And then we actually each sang with each other. I don't know if yeah. you've ever seen oh, that. Oh, we will do that. Like look back on the episodes, but we got to like sing with each other. It was so cool. It was such a fun little episode. It was just the two of us like talking back and forth. I love big groups of people too. Like I love mm. three, four person interviews, but there's something so special about just like one-on-one -on -one having a conversation, True. right? Like it's mm -hmm. kind of, it's kind of cool, but this is, this is awesome too. But that's probably like the one episode that really sticks in my heart. And how is it for you, Alisa, the first three episodes? How do you find it so far? It's a new thing for me. Yeah, absolutely. I've never worked with so much tech stuff, uh, yeah. with like yeah, how right. to set up the microphones and the headsets. Yeah. Wow, everything's so, so new, but it also so exciting. I just love podcasts. Yeah. I love to listen to podcasts. Uh, I I think I listen to podcasts all the time. Just all the different, all the different topics. And I just love to listen to people's stories. Maybe that's why I'm better at finding questions. <laughs> hey, that's, that's one thing which we need to have, because sometimes I blank on some topics. So I'm like, oh... But then I get very curious, so mm -hmm. I get very curious about learning. I'm more curious about people, what they do, how, how did this come up? Sometimes I question myself, who was the person who invented the toothpaste? How did that person come up with, no, you know, let people need to br stop brushing their teeth with water or just, so we need toothpaste, so how did that come up? But that's what, what podcast do you listen to, actually? Uh, a lot of different, I, for some reason I decided to, I 
well, not decided. I actually started listening to podcasts from a true crime podcast. True crime is the best podcast. I love true crime podcasts. <sighs> best. <laughs> love me some true crime. Uh, and then I, I started to listen to some historical podcasts and then just kind of news. And then uh, I have, I guess, two podcasts about like... Mm, inventions in medicine uh how like how people actually invented antibiotics like what was the story and that is so interesting i would love a podcast about that if if, (laughs) it was not student related and you both kind of can relate to that you're into like medicine and stuff and you are that would be an amazing episode to have you to talk about something related to that. Yeah. If you can, like, send me the name of that podcast later, that would be It's sweet. in Russian. Oh, <laughs> I love medical science. I'm all about that. Now I'm going to have to go look for one in English. Yeah. Um, and now my question to both of you. What kind of topic would you love to talk about on the podcast? Mm. For you, Tiffany, and for you, Alisa. That's a great question. I, I mean, I love these kind of episodes where we just talk about a lot of everything and mm-hmm. like a lot about ourselves. I also just love like fun episodes where we do trivia. Have you ever done like a trivia episode? I think I'm very bad at you trivia. You think you're bad at trivia? Yeah, so oh, it will be okay. fun. It will be fun yeah. to know how much my general knowledge is bad. And yeah. Yeah. And now, now I want to do an episode of us talking about like medical inventions. I think yeah. that would be fun. Yeah. Um, so thanks for that idea, Sean. That one's going to burrow its way in. That's my strong point, finding content. <laughs> and how about you, Alisa? What are um, the topics you would love to bring, which student needs to hear, and you also, as a person, you would love to bring to a podcast? I've never thought about a specific topic. It usually, like, it just pops up in my head. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, that, that will be interesting. Like the one about medical inventions, wow. That, yeah. uh, I would enjoy it so much. <laughs> okay, we will um, book it. Yeah, and... <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just love to listen to students' stories of like how how did they get to this program? Why mm. did they choose that? What was their background? All this stuff. That's amazing. And uh, again, like, uh, thank you so much again. Like one thing which is to be noted, uh, both Tiffany and Alisa volunteer their time. It's very precious to them to just be my co-host, and I'm. Grateful to both of you to be my co-host for this coming season for the year. And hopefully we can produce more unique content, which students will love because this podcast is for students. Thank you so much again, guys, for this wonderful episode about knowing you. Uh, A lot of stuff which I guess you learned about each other, which I kind of knew before, but now I know more into details about you. And it really feels like amazing to have you again. And again, uh, the podcast is available on YouTube, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, dropping every Tuesday at 2 p.m. And uh, you can follow us also on social media, which is SA Voice Podcast. And please do subscribe, like, share, drop in the comments what you, you would love to listen on the podcast. We can talk about it. You want to be a guest uh, on our podcast, just be a guest. No worries. I will dig the questions out of you. They will have amazing questions for you because we're so curious. We want to know everything. Thank you so much for watching. Have again an amazing week at SLC. And ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.